0: We are in week two on our series on the Holy Spirit, and I told you last week that we were going to dive into a very important topic today, and that is the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament. What was the Holy Spirit up to um, in the Old Testament? Testament uh, there's really nothing more that matters to a group of men and women in 2023 who claim to be followers of Jesus than the knowing and the understanding of who is this Holy Spirit And if we're to take a good long look and come to an understanding not just for information for us not just so we 'd be smarter Christians but for the transformation of our lives in the way that we actually live, then really, we really need to go all the way back to the beginning. Um, and let me just say this: Last week we sort of did an overview, an intro uh, to this topic, and here was the main thing that I hope that we all walked away with, and that is this: The Holy Spirit is a person. He is a person, and so just I'm just going to encourage you with something. If you weren't here last week, there's one little nugget of truth that I would just want to drop in your lap. When we talk about the Holy Spirit, he is a he, he is not an it. He's not a something we talk about. He is a per- He is the person of God. He's a person, and he's active, and he's been active. and We're going to see that as we look through the Old Testament. Now, when I sat down and I, I began to study and write and put all this on, uh, put all this on paper. I realized that if I were to teach the message that I had for you this morning, then we wouldn't be done in this room until about one o'clock, um, which I would be okay with, but you might get hungry before then, and it's Mother's Day, and I feel like there would be rioting in the streets if I kept you here that long. And so here's what we're going to do. We've divided today's message up into two parts and and Not next week, because next week is graduation Sunday and a special message to charge our graduates with. Uh, But the following week, we're going to dive back into the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament and finish that up. But in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit was at work. And and, and that's obvious that he was working among people in the Old Testament. It's different Than the way he works today, we're going to see that. Um, So the understanding we need to come to from the beginning is this word that should be that, that that we're going to talk about next week or in two weeks, especially. And it's the word we introduced last week. The word was ruach. That is the Hebrew word for spirit. Or breath, and when we look at the Hebrew word for spirit or breath, and then we begin to sort of survey the Old Testament, we see that the Holy Spirit of God was very active. He's doing things all throughout the the, the, the Old Testament, and so when Moses himself was writing these things out and, and writing the first five books of the Bible, inspired by the Holy Spirit, when he uses this word ruach. Um, He's talking about the same Holy Spirit that we read about in the book of Acts that came upon people at Pentecost. So you go all the way back to the beginning. We read that all the way back in the book of Genesis. You go to Genesis chapter 1, when God breathed into Adam, the word that's used that he breathed into Adam is what? Do you know what it is? It's Ruach. So what is God breathing into the first man? It's not just oxygen. Now, Have you ever thought about this? What does God breathe? He's a spirit. Does God actually need oxygen to live? No. So what is he breathing into the lungs of Adam? It wasn't oxygen because Adam could have done that on his own. It's the spirit of God. He's breathing himself into Adam all the way back at creation. So the first thing that we're going to look at, we're just going to look at two truths today, and then we'll look at two truths in two weeks. The first one is this. The Holy Spirit was active in creation. All the way back in the beginning, the Holy Spirit was active. you want to flip over to see this, go back to Genesis chapter 1. We'll look at Genesis chapter 1, verse 2. And We already talked about this passage last week a little bit, and we'll hit on it briefly again and see where the Holy Spirit was active in creation in the beginning. Verse 2 of chapter 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God, the Ruach of God, was hovering over the face of the waters. So so what do we say about that? Well, number one, just simply that the Holy Spirit was present. He's there. He's a part of the creation narrative. Um, He was there as much as God the Father was there at the beginning. As much as it is sometimes challenging for me to imagine and think about this, the the Son of God was there all the way at the beginning. And the New Testament shows us, especially in the book of Colossians, that Jesus was there, the Spirit of God, they are present and active in creation. He's not only present at creation, he actually had an active role in it. Flip over to Isaiah chapter 40. Isaiah chapter 40 with me. And we're going to read a passage here that talks specifically about the active role that the Spirit of God, the Ruach of God, is taking place here in creation. Isaiah chapter 40, starting in verse 12. Who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand, and marked off the heavens with a span, enclosed the dust of the earth in a measure, and weighed the mountains in scales, and the hills in a balance? Who has measured the spirit of the Lord or what man shows him his counsel? Whom did he consult? And who made him understand? Who taught him the path of justice and taught him knowledge and showed him the way of understanding? So not only do we see the Holy Spirit, that he's just there. He's not just hanging out over these waters in the Old Testament, right? But we actually see that he was involved in the planning of creation. Isaiah says that he's involved in in, in the very planning, the laying out, that he has understanding. And he's a part of the organization itself of the creative order that you and I see when we look outside or when we turn and look at our neighbor sitting to the left or the right of us. The Holy Spirit's involved in the design of everything that we see and know in this world. He, he, and even beyond this world, each star that was put into the skies, every planet that hangs in the balance is there because the Holy Spirit himself, along with the Son, along with the Father, was active in the design and the implementation of all that we see. It's right there in the beginning, organizing and planning creation. Psalm chapter 104, verse 30 says, When you send forth the Spirit... They are created and you renew the face of the ground. This is what the psalmist says to us that when the spirit of God goes forth from the father, creation happens and renewal happens. So fun fact of the day. okay let me talk to you about nature just for a moment. Did you know did anybody know, do you know what body part birds do not have that a lot of other creatures do have? Anybody? Arms? (laughs) You did. I did. But cows don't have arms either, you know. (laughs) Do you know birds do not have bladders? Isn't that weird when you think about it? Like a bird does not have a bladder? Now, we, we have... 17 chickens at our house right now. And so we're learning about birds. And we learned this about chickens recently. Um, but birds do not have bladders. Uh, did anybody in the room actually know that birds did not have bladders? Fantastic, right? We're all learning here together. It's fantastic. So none of us knew this, right? My kids don't know this. My kids know so much about nature. They're te- teaching me all the time. But here's what that means. Why aren't we- This is about the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament. Why are you telling us about birds and bladders? Like, what kind of sermon is this? Well, you think about this. A bird would be a terrible house guest because it doesn't have a bladder. A bird flies into your house, right, which has happened to us on multiple occasions. Somebody leaves the door open. A bird flies in. We're trying to get it out. Here's what that means. The bird is not going to hold it until he gets back outside anybody ever found bird poop on their car? Why? Because he's not waiting until he gets to the restroom to go? Because the bird does not have a bladder. Isn't that fantastic? You're not as nearly as amazed at this as I am. This is fan- I mean, this is good news. This is great news. All right? Now here's why it's great news. you're like, this, he's lost it. Um, I don't think you appreciate this. We just talked about the fact that the Holy Spirit was intentional in the design of creation. And birds don't have bladders. Why? Because birds need to be light enough to fly. And if you're, if you're carrying around waste inside you while you're waiting to get to the appropriate place to go to the bathroom, guess what you're not going to be very good at? It's like, how great is that? How, and I mean, what a silly thing to talk about, but how intentionally brilliant is the Holy Spirit of God that He would design birds not to have bladders so that we could look up in the sky and say, look at that hawk, look at that eagle, or when the seasons start to change, look at that flock of geese flying overhead. Or as we look out the window in our kitchen at the bird feeder that hangs near our driveway to see the mama cardinal and the daddy cardinal both come at the same time and for us to watch them fly off and flutter up to a tree. The Holy Spirit was so intentional in creation that when it came to birds, he knew what none of us knew. Those animals shouldn't have bladders. So they fly. the intentionality we see... In creation is sounding. Some of you knew that birds have hollow bones. Their bones are 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 actually. Um are not hollow, but they're incredibly designed to be extremely lightweight. We thought they were hollow, but they're not. They're just just really, really lightweight so that they could do the same thing that that we talked about a minute ago, so that they could fly and take flight. A bird's heart, did you know, is specifically designed for the rigors of flight. It's been said that if you had a heart similar to a bird's heart, that our hearts would beat 1,200 times a minute. Can you imagine that? All of this, the Holy Spirit says, these creatures that we're creating—God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit—in the beginning, all of these things. And the Holy Spirit says, "Well, it needs to have this, and it needs to be able to do this, and it needs to be designed like this." He's in, He's over design of creation, active. Job thirty-three-four says, "The Spirit of God has made me," and the breath. Of the Almighty gives me life. It's amazing how intricate the Spirit of God was in creation. Job 33, 4, what a beautiful verse. The Spirit of God has made me, and the breath of the Almighty is the one who gives me life. So he's involved in the creation of animals and plant life. He's involved in the creation of the oceans and the moon and the stars and the sun and the tides. He's involved in in, in the implementation and design of all things that we see. It's amazing. And if a bird is that amazing, how much more amazing is the crown of his creation? Did you know when it comes to the human body, this will bless you, do you know that you have 40,000 bacteria in your mouth right now? You're like, I... I smell it on my neighbor. <laughs> Somebody needs to hand them a Tic Tac. Okay. Do you know that you have thousands of taste buds? Did, did you know that the human eye typically can differentiate between 10 million different shades of color? And not so much for me. I wore something out of the house this week, and when I got home, Kristen was like, You went to the office dressed like that? Like, that does not go together. So I don't always see colors, I guess, the way a lot of people do. Um, Tell you something else is interesting that I read this week. I can't pronounce it. Um, But do you know the human heart pumps blood at such a pressure that it would be able to raise blood up to the fourth floor of a building? Like, that's how hard our hearts are pumping blood so that they will go all the way through our bodies. Did you know that you actually burn more calories when you're asleep than you do sitting down to watch TV? Isn't it amazing how intentional the Spirit of God was when he made the little children that we saw up on the stage or the little babies that these new mothers see when they go to PRC Medical and see them on our screen? Isn't it amazing how intentional the Holy Spirit? We talk about what was the Holy Spirit doing before Pentecost? Well, one thing he was doing, is being involved in creation. Did you know that the hair of a blonde man grows faster than a man with dark hair? If you have a blonde beard, it grows faster. I don't know why that's important. Did you know that human skin is replaced about a thousand times during a person's lifetime? By the way, that's a lot of yuck in our mattresses, okay? A thousand times in your lifetime, you will... Develop a new set of skin. Do you know women blink half as often as men do? That's why we miss so much, guys. Like, they're, they're, I mean, really, they're, I mean, they see more than we do. They're on top of things, right? The Holy Spirit's taking care of us. Right? Because one half of the population is more alert and seeing stuff when we're just, we got our eyes closed twice as much. Do you know a human brain generates more electrical impulses in a day than all of the telephones in the world combined? Holy Spirit is amazing. Because he made you. Because he made everything and he was involved in intentionally planning and designing. We go on and on and on. And this stuff is not just to impress us. That's to say that we're incredibly complicated and complex. That's to say the Holy Spirit of God was involved in the complexity and the beautiful design of creation that he made you so intentionally um, that we should stand back in marvel and wonder at what he has created and done and just say, wow, you are a God worthy of all worship in all praise because of the complexity that exists in the person that I'm sitting near right now. He's amazing. He's active in creation. And all the way back in Genesis chapter 1, verse 2, where it says he's hovering over the waters and there's chaos. What is he doing? He is bringing order out of the chaos. He's bringing structure and design from the plan of God into fruition. So when we think about the Holy Spirit at creation, here's what I want us to remember. He is bringing order, always bringing order out of chaos. And he does the same thing today. So the Holy Spirit does. Here's the second truth that we'll look at today. The Holy Spirit was intentional in revelation. He was intentional in revelation. The Holy Spirit, we read in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 21, uh, talks about this. verse. Actually, verse 20 says, Knowing this, first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture comes from someone's own interpretation. For no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man. But men spoke from God as they were carried along by who? By the Holy Spirit. So everything... In the book that you hold in front of you, if you've got a paper copy of God's Word or you're looking at it digitally on your phone right now, everything you hold in front of you is inspired by the very Spirit of God, the same one who was intentional in the design of all creation, the same Spirit that created and designed and planned everything that we see, the Spirit that at the beginning spoke through men, To inspire his word all through the Old Testament. All the Old Testament prophets, the kings, the priests that we read about. Matthew chapter 22, verse 41 to 43. Now while the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them a question saying, What do you think about the Christ? This is really key passage. What do you think about the Christ? Whose son is he? And they said to him, the son of David. And he said to them in verse 43, How is it then that David in the Spirit calls him Lord? Skip on down to verse 44. And the Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet. If then David calls him Lord, verse 45, How is he his son? How is David, both the father or the ancestor of somebody, at the same time he is calling them Lord? Now, why is that important? It's important because David, who came hundreds of years before Jesus, is inspired by God to speak about Jesus. It shows the continuity and complexity and uniformity of Scripture from beginning to end, right down to the very last word here. And this book was inspired by the Spirit of God. Samuel said, The Spirit of the Lord speaks by me, His word is on. My tongue, the Lord inspired and revealed himself through the prophets. So when you pick up your copy of God's word, when you sit down with it in the mornings or in the evenings to open it, to digest it, to read it, to study, you can trust that it's inspired by God, that this is not the creation of man. That God was active not only through creation, but God was active through revelation. And I don't know exactly what that looked like. I don't, know, I don't know exactly how God inspired people. I, I don't know if Isaiah was just sitting around one day and all of a sudden he knew for a fact that I have to write this. The Holy Spirit is upon me. I, I don't know what that felt like. But I believe that he directed every single word while using the personality of each human author. That's why when we read the prophets, they're different. That's why when we read the New Testament, we read the Gospel of John, it reads different than the Gospel of Luke because God used their personalities, but he inspired every word. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't it beautiful that God can work through different people, inspiring them to do the same thing, but it'll turn out completely different because he uses us to do it? See, he's he's, he's there intentional? In Revelation, all throughout the Old Testament. I'm going to end with a question for you. Can you imagine the story of the New Testament? Or can you just imagine the story you would tell? Right now, let's just say you get home today. Lunch is on the table, and there's a knock at the door. And you go open the door... After you peep through the window, because that's what we do. And you, you see a guy out there wearing a robe, and he has a beard, and, and you don't know him, but he's dressed like some New Testament character. are like, and did you, did you get lost? But you, you're, something tells you he's, he's, he's safe. So you open the door, and the guy walks in, um, and it's Jesus. Jesus has knocked on your door on Mother's Day, and he's like, hey, what are you guys having for dinner? And Jesus, he's like, pot roast, that's my favorite, let's sit down, okay? Whatever it is, whatever you've fixed or whatever you've ordered or you're eating leftovers even, he's like, that's my favorite, let's, let's have a meal. And Jesus sits down at the table for you, and, and, and he talks to you like he talked to Andrew and, and Peter if he were to sit there just like he did with those guys in the road to Emmaus, and he's like, let me explain the scriptures to you. And he opened them from beginning to end, from Genesis 1 all the way through Revelation. And he's, he's you know, if you say, well, you know, the, whole, the pastor was talking about the Holy Spirit. He said, oh, let me tell you about the Holy Spirit. Let me tell you what, what he was doing when we were at creation. Let, let, me tell you, let me tell you about Pentecost from my perspective. It was amazing. And he just takes you through all of the scriptures, and he says, look, all these things point to me. And um, if I believe the word of God, right? If we believe the word of God, then we, we have to say that the spirit of God is with us as much as if Jesus showed up and had lunch with you at your house today. I mean, gang, this is a foolish thing to do. For us to show up in a room like this, everybody sit out there and face one person up here on the platform, for me to open up a book and to talk to you about it. It's ridiculous if the Holy Spirit of God is not here. I mean, really. you You have better things to do with your life if the Holy Spirit of God is not here. But if we believe God's word, then God is here and he's in your life as much as if Jesus himself showed up to eat pot roast with you on a Sunday afternoon. God, the Holy Spirit. So so maybe the greatest tragedy of the New Testament, when you read the Gospels, is is this. It's very simple. It's that Jesus came. Jesus came, and Jesus walked among people. And for 30-plus years, Jesus was on the scene in the New Testament in Galilee and all across the nation of Israel through Samaria. And do you know what most people did to Jesus? They ignored him. I mean, how shameful is that when you think about it, that God showed up? Here's the miracle working, walking on water. I heal people. I call dead people to live again. I have taken blind people and allowed them to see again. I've made people that can't walk able to walk again. I have healed people that have been afflicted. I have turned water into wine. I have fed multitudes when there was only a little bit of food. And most people completely and totally ignored Jesus. Jesus came on the scene and most people brushed him off. I mean, don't we find that mind-boggling? Like, how do you brush off God? The miracle-working God, how do you ignore him like that? And here's the question, is it less shameful for us today to have the Holy Spirit of God with us in the same way that Jesus was with people in the New Testament and for us to ignore him? God the Holy Spirit has come and he calls us to a relationship with him that is just like the Son of God had with the disciples when he was here. So here's the question. Will you get to know him? Will you get to know him? Will you make a deliberate effort? This is, if there's an invitation, here's what it is. Will we make a deliberate effort every day at the beginning of the day through prayer to think about him, to have a conversation with him, to say, will you, you go with me and show me today. I want to listen for your voice today. I want to. I want to be. I want to be mindful of your leading today. Will we acknowledge Him as God with us today? Will we look to Him? as teacher, as guide, as helper, as the giver of assurance, as the encourager, as the helper, as the one who empowers us for service, all of the things that we're going to study when we get into the New Testament. Will we change or alter our life to living in the presence of the Holy Spirit? That's his desire for us. That's why the Holy Spirit is here. He's here for you and for me as followers of Jesus, as Christians, to live in us. So the challenge for us is let's not be guilty of the same thing that so many people in first century Israel were guilty of. Let's not ignore when God is near. Let's depend on him. So that's my prayer for us this week. For every one of us. Let's depend on the Holy Spirit this week as we never have before. Can we pray together? Heads bowed, eyes closed. If you're here in the room this morning, you say, look, I I don't I don't have that relationship. The Holy Spirit of God that you're talking about, that we're going to be talking about over the next several weeks together. I don't know him. I've been one of those who have ignored him. I've just brushed him off. Like, that's not a part of my life. Can I tell you there's good news today? All of that can change if you want to know God. Today, you can give your life to him. And God promises that the Holy Spirit that was involved in creation and the design and the implementation all the way back of creation, the one that inspired all of the words of the Bible, the Bible says that God will send him to live in your life. That he, he wants to be a part of you. And it, it, it takes confessing to him. It, it takes laying it all down and saying, I, I, "The way I, the way I've tried to live is not is not good enough. I need a new way. I've sinned against you, God. And I'm sorry for that. I want to turn from that. I want to turn to you. And I want your way in my life from now on. I believe you died for me. I believe you rose again. You have earned the right to take my life. And I want to follow you. And I want that Holy Spirit. I want him inside of me if that's your prayer this morning then in a moment we're going to stand and sing and while people are standing and singing i just want to ask you would you just make a beeline down front the first step's the hardest but will you make a beeline down front and just come grab me or one of the other pastors that may be up here and just say look i i want i want this holy spirit that you've talked about let us introduce you This morning, There are other decisions you have to make. If you want to join this this church, this body, and what God's doing here, then we'd love to talk to you about that. If you need to make a decision to follow in back, anything that's going on in your life that we can help you with or pray with you about, we're here for you, and we want to be a part of what God's doing in you. Let me pray, and then we'll stand and sing together. Heavenly Father, in the name of your Son, Jesus, we thank you. We thank you that your Spirit is present in this room. We thank you that your spirit lives inside so many of us. So many in here are followers of Jesus and you dwell in us. You're changing us day by day from the inside out. The same God who is present at creation, who is present in in the inspiration of the whole Bible now lives inside of us. What a glory that is. We love you. Help us this week, every single one of us to live and to walk by your spirit. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And God's people said together, amen. Will you stand with me as we sing?